This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark, and we are going to do an investigation with the Paranormal Pugs of the Art Lofts here in downtown St. Petersburg. This is in preparation for an event called the World's Greatest Ghost Hunt or the World's Largest Ghost Hunt. The Spirits of St. Petersburg is participating at this location. There will be 15 people in attendance and all money raised goes towards the Art Loft building. But we will actually be investigating this building from 9 p.m. till 12 a.m. What I find so fascinating is that there will be 200 teams in 12 countries around the world all investigating during the same three hours. So I am doing a little prep work for this particular event, which means taking the paranormal pugs on a quick walkthrough of the building. After all, that unique trait makes the spirits a little bit different than the other 199 teams. So we're going to see what we find right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I thought I would give you a little bit of history of this building. Part of the world's largest ghost hunt is including a historic essay. And I've actually expanded the essay into a new chapter for my book, which I'm going to rename Supernatural St. Petersburg and Paranormal Pinellas, The Lesser Known Haunts of West Central Florida. So I actually got to go into the Museum of History's archives where they keep a ton of really cool historical information. They have a wonderful librarian who helped me look up the Rutland building, which is what Art Lofts originally was. So here is the story of Mr. Rutland, who founded Rutland's department store. So Mr. Rutland uh, was named Hubert, and Hubert was born in Alabama in February of 1898. Now, what I find fascinating is no one's 100% sure that's his birth year because his birth certificate was damaged in a fire. I find that amusing because almost every historic location that is over 100 years old, there's a little bit of guesstimate on because at some point a fire burned up some important paperwork. So I find it funny in a really ironic way. Or maybe sardonic is a better word for that. So, 
Hubert was one of seven children. His father died while he was a child, and his elder brothers actually helped to raise him. He was particularly close to Jeff, who moved down to St. Petersburg a few years before Hubert did, and Hubert actually moved down in 1921. It is said that Hubert brought with him all of his worldly possessions, which was basically a $10 bill in his pocket. So he moved down here, and his brother had set up a mercantile business. It was the Northrop Rutland department store in the building at Central Avenue. Now, there's a little bit of debate about this particular building because one resource said that it was founded in 1916, whereas another said 1919. The builder is C.C. Carr, so that is agreed upon, but it looks like the 1919 resource is most likely wrong. There is a fire code map, essentially, from 1918 that already shows this building in existence and listed as a dance hall. So most likely the 1916 date is correct. So Rutlands moves in and Hubert starts his own business. And what he does is he builds what's known as a haberdashery, which I think is one of the best words ever. And I will say that anytime I possibly can insert it into conversation, along with the term psychopomp. We've got some really cool words out there. So he creates a haberdashery, which opens October 9th, 1923. But the more interesting element is that he actually does some remodeling in the store and really sees the official opening in 1924, which is basically two months later. He is so successful in his store from 1924 to 1926 that he made a quarter million dollars, which back in those days was a lot of money. What he did was he actually saved quite a bit of it, and then he decided to invest. He was friends with several realtors, and it was pretty interesting because what he starts doing is buying up properties in downtown St. Petersburg. Now, this was a very unusual thing to do because right before the Great Depression, if you are not aware of this, Florida had its own recession, and part of that recession was the overinflated property values that were in this area. So if you ever see the old Bugs Bunny cartoons where they say, we'll sell you some swampland in Florida, it's because people were so crazy about the state, they were buying land sight unseen, and they would come down here and discover it was not viable land. So, and this is actually in my area in St. Petersburg, we do know that construction slows down because people are no longer able to afford it. And actually in the next decade after the 20s, people are going to start moving houses around. So houses will go into foreclosure, somebody will buy them and move them to a different piece of real estate, which, yeah, okay, that's interesting. So Hubert, despite the fact that something was up in Florida, essentially consumer confidence had dropped in 1926, starts buying up these properties. And at one point, he owned 125 feet of central that went back 100 feet, which is a pretty good chunk of prime real estate in this area. And he owned a building here called the Detroit. He owned the Snell building. And these are both very old and very well-known buildings in this area. One of his friends in his social circle said, are you crazy? St. Petersburg's, you know, basically going to hell. And he said, well, if St. Petersburg goes to hell, I'll go with it. He was quite serious about his investment here. Luckily for him, it paid off. His department store continued to expand and he actually did quite well in the real estate market. In the 40s, he appears to have also gotten an interest in banking, and so he actually starts the Rutland Banks. Uh, It looks like 1948 to 1950 is kind of the time period where he's building this up. And the Rutland Bank said you had, you actually got some really cool perks. There were no fees. You did not have to have a minimum balance. There was unlimited check writing and you could also come in on Saturday. There were Saturday banking hours. So he's really a man ahead of his time. So in his prime, I think he had 
$400 million, something along those lines in business, real estate, banking. I think he had more in the banking industry, but he was very successful. He owned a 32,000 acre ranch in Manatee County. That's Sarasota, essentially, for those of you not familiar with this area, a very wealthy part of the state where he threw very gallant parties. On a social note, he was most unique because he was married to his wife, Ruth, to whom he was very devoted. She was from Newport News, Virginia, and moved down here, I believe, in 1938. They did have two children, Hubert Jr. and a daughter and nine grandchildren. Hubert was fairly interesting because he was very driven. I did find one person who met him in life, and he said that uh, he was very distracted in some ways. He was a deep thinker. He was always punctual. He was always on a schedule. He was always following through from one location to another. But he had marvelous instincts. For example, he started to observe in the 20s, and part of the reason he invested in real estate was that the population of St. Petersburg was not just a winter residency anymore. People were moving down here to stay. So he had this kind of uh, intuitive grasp on what was going on in this area. His wife, Ruth, was very instrumental. She did her own business. He bought a building for her to work in, which is pretty cool. It's a nice gift. And they actually were known for their charity works. They did all sorts of events down here. Since this is Paranormal Pets, I will tell you that he loved dogs. And in fact, he had two that are named in the research. One is a, a not sure what kind, some sort of hound, I believe, named Chief, uh, who in the 1970s of Rutland was very proud of because Chief was 12 years old. He had lived a very long life and was already outliving the standard life for a hound. The second one was a Weimaraner named Dingo. And Dingo had a little problem because he liked to steal food from guests. And so the Rutlands actually sent him to a doggy training camp where after three weeks he graduated And they were so proud of him, they actually sent out graduation notices for their dog. So he was a really interesting guy. He did help abandoned dogs. Uh, He discovered some ranch had some abandoned pets, and he tried to make sure they were cared for until they could find permanent homes. I mean, this was just kind of what he did. And in fact, he had a friend who said, I hope if I die, I come back as one of the Rutland dogs because they had such good lives. So he was a, a very unique gentleman. Unfortunately, towards the end of his life, it's a bit more tragic. His empire does begin to collapse. He gets into a battle with IRS in the early 80s over about $800,000 in which he's saying they're tax deductions and IRS is saying they are not. They did settle in 85 for, I think, $170,000 in back taxes. In addition to that, Hubert was diagnosed, actually, unfortunately, with dementia as mentally incompetent in 1985. And his wife, Ruth, was declared the same in 1986. Hubert had some heart issues, and in 1987, they put in a pacemaker. He appeared to be doing better. It's probably, um, and I'm sorry to bring this up, but it's probably something called the compression of morbidity, in which right before someone dies, they kind of have this burst of good health. So he had this burst of good health and then promptly died in 1988. It's very sad because in 1987 to 88, in that time period, Hubert Jr., who had inherited all of his father's businesses at this point, uh, had sold the banks to First Florida of Tampa. There were 12 Rutland branches that were absorbed into this other branch, and Rutland's was no more. In 1990, very suddenly, the 
Sun actually closed Rutland's department store. It had existed for quite some time in the same location in this building on Central Avenue. But due to poor foot traffic and basically what was kind of a recession for St. Petersburg at the time, the 80s were really rough on St. Pete uh, in the early 90s. It really starts to gain some traction around 1992 with kind of this resurgence and renaissance of the downtown area. And then later in the 90s with the artist bloom in this area. So Hubert didn't quite live to see his empire fully dismantled, but his house in St. Petersburg in a location called Little Bayou was sold in 1997 and uh, knocked down to make way for housing. And a lot of the Rutland empires and holdings are, are pretty much gone. So that always makes me so sad because, I mean, this man was so dynamic and to have that kind of life is just fantastic. So when we investigated the building... I uh, will go into this just briefly. Uh, in 2013, we really didn't get anything too hardcore. The reports were noises early in the morning and uh, the feeling of a feminine presence. When we reinvestigated in 2018, artists did say they felt kind of a strange or an off presence, which I thought was pretty interesting. And one woman actually said that during a meeting, she saw somebody go into one of the art studios and she, she only saw kind of like the blurry image and she definitely saw the arm, the sleeve of a man's shirt disappearing into the doorway. But when she got up to look to see who it was or examine the area closer, it was a closed door. So that was kind of interesting. So in the investigation itself, we had some phenomena. And I'll try to talk about that as we go through with the pugs a little bit. But what the pugs are here to do today is just the hot spots. I thought maybe if Hubert was here in his beloved department store, maybe the pugs would bring out some interest in him. But what we discovered were really three areas. The first was on the stairwell between the second floor and the first floor. There's a mezzanine. So in this mezzanine area, we had a really high EMF reading. We were picking up a male presence. It did appear that there was, I initially thought, some ungrounded wiring. However, I came back with a non-contact electrical tool that essentially tells you where the wires are. It's kind of like a stud finder. And it registered absolutely nothing in that wall. So I can't figure out why the EM was so high the night of the investigation. But this morning, it is so low. (laughs) I mean, there's virtually nothing here. So, okay, that's a good mystery. Perhaps there was something else turned on somewhere in the building that uh, activates this. I am here early enough that there's really no one else here, as you can hear from the the pug snoring. (laughs) But, you know, you do what you got to do. For the investigation itself, even though I kind of let the artists know that we were coming out, it was unfortunate in some ways that uh, there were several folks here. And it is their right. I don't begrudge them that. Don't get me wrong that way. It's just that there was a lot of background noise. So it was a little more difficult to get our EVPs done, but we did get some really good interviews from the artists who had either known Rutland or had been with the building for a very long time. So the second floor mezzanine area had some really high EMF, but it also had kind of this grumpy old man. And it was really interesting, and this is going to make the uh, world's largest ghost hunt a lot of fun, because essentially what he did was to grouse at us. He didn't want to interact with us. When I asked, you know, will you be in our photographs, our sensitive uh, Valentina heard, nope, (laughs) and so on and so forth. He didn't want to interact with our equipment. 
He was a little more interactive later during the investigation when we went fully onto the second floor. The second floor lobby appears to be a hot spot, and not only did we have the grumpy old man, but we had kind of this laid-back professorial presence that showed up. I really don't know who these guys are. I did try to pull up some images of folks from the time period. They did not really ping with our sensitive. I described the individuals to the artists, and they also really did not have a name to go with it. We did pick up a mild female presence also on the second floor named Dottie or Dorothy. Uh, It does turn out there was a long-term employee named Dottie who worked there, but it's going to be a really interesting night. (laughs) I am a little concerned for the world's largest ghost hunt because naturally the place that I select has a very recalcitrant ghost. (laughs) So wish us luck. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little bit of a break and I'm going to get these pugs ready and we're just going to walk to these hot spots in this building. I'll talk a little bit as we go and we're going to see how the pugs do and what happens with the EVPs. I would try the paranormal pugs and the other issue is that again the artists were here making a heck of a lot of noise and this is about as quiet as I've heard the building. I myself have an art studio here so I'm here legally. I'm here uh, with my keys. Uh, but let me introduce Odysseus and Achilles who have been kind of They don't seem to be very phased by anything here, which is good. I do have two EMF meters. Uh, One is on the 0 to 100 scale. The EM here is a little bit higher. The other one is a low EMF reader, and it's been fluctuating a little bit. The temperature in here is about 74 to 75 degrees. So we'd like to find out who is here with us. Is Mr. Rutland here? Is Mr. Robinson here? the size of a pug. Is the older gentleman, the professor here, that was picked up? How about the cranky older man who doesn't want to have anything to do with us or our equipment? Is there a female presence here? The name Dottie or Dorothy was picked up? What do you think of the paranormal pugs? Do you like them? Are you okay with them being here? Do you have a message that you want to pass on? Well, I'm sorry to say, uh, no real response. The pugs are kind of lying around. Uh, Achilles is looking like he is ready to move. So we're going to go ahead and pick up our equipment and start heading to the next area. So we are, as I said, currently in the kitchen of Art Lofts, where during both the 2013 and 2018 investigation, there was kind of a feeling of energy in this general location. No real presence. I think there was a general female energy that was sensed here, but that was about it. One artist did say that uh, while a meeting was going on, uh, she saw somebody go into one of the art studios, but when she leaned over to look, the door was closed, which is pretty interesting. So we are walking through the halls. We are here on the second floor. There was not a heck of a lot of activity in this particular area. I did walk the pugs past one art studio already where muttering, snoring, and a rocking chair sound have been reported, and they had no response. We are heading out to the second floor lobby area, which is the second hot spot for this particular building. This is actually where a lot of conversation went on. Unfortunately, this is also the area where the artist was hanging his show and it got a little noisy. 
So we are going to attempt some EVPs here again. Now, in the second floor lobby, Rutland's department store actually did very, very well. In 1948, they renovated the building and actually reopened it with an elevator, which is fantastic, but a little problematic. Now, I will tell you, I'm getting some chills in here. Although the paranormal pugs don't seem to be phased by much. While the kitchen was reading a low EM of 0.25, Here in the elevator area, where we were getting a ton of energy before, the EMF has really dropped. It's at a 0.03 on one meter. I have had to shift the other meter to the 0 to 3 scale. I am getting some minor fluctuations, but the pugs seem quite happy. So let's try an EVP here. Is there anybody present with us right now? If the answer is yes, can you make this meter spike or move to the right, please? Or make the EM go up? What do you think of the paranormal pugs? Do you like them? If the answer is yes, can you make the meter spike or the EM go up? Is this Mr. Rutland in the building? The air conditioning has just come on. Is Mr. Robinson in the building? Is the professorial figure here with us right now? Is Mr. Rutland here with us right now? Is the crankier gentleman here with us right now? The man who checks the locks on the doors? Is Dorothy here? Or the female presence? The only response I've been getting on the meters came with Dorothy. Now the temperature here is much higher. It's 76 degrees. The tri-field meter has some fluctuations, uh, meaning we are getting some readings. My smaller EMF meter was on zero, and when I brought up the name Dorothy, it started to flicker to 0.01 to 0.02. It is currently going up to 0.08. So is there somebody here with us right now? If the answer is yes, can you make that meter read 0.03? Are you the gentleman from the mezzanine? If the answer is yes, can you make the meter spike or read 0.03? It's fluctuating right now between 0.03 and 0.04. It had spiked at one. Okay, how do you feel about the pugs? Do you like them? If the answer is yes, can you make this read 0.03? So it's reading 0.04, 0.02. So you do not like the pugs here in the building. Is that correct? If the answer is yes, can you make it read 0.03? Can you make this a steady reading so that I know it's you? Can you make this read 0.03 please? It keeps flickering 0.00 to up to 0.03 and then it goes back down again. Why are you here? Do you have a message that you want to pass on? If the answer is yes, can you make this read 0.03? Make it a steady reading of 0.03? 0.00. This actually correlates to what he told us the other day, that he is simply here and there is no message. Are you happy here? If the answer is yes, can you make this read 0.03? 0.16? 0.13? Are you happy here? Can you make it read 0.03? If you are, please. 0.04? Can you drop it to a 0.03? 0.00. Okay. 
Well, the pugs at present do not seem to be too upset by anything. The new meter is kind of harder to read, so I'm not 100% sure about it. But we'll see if anybody did respond to us. What we're going to do in our last little section to take a look at, we're going to start moving towards the second floor mezzanine. And if you are not aware, pugs are not particularly fond of the stairs, but I think it's going to be about the best opportunity for us to try this. On the stairwell of the second floor mezzanine, we actually did have quite a bit of uh, phenomena, but it does turn out that there is most likely some wiring that is producing this result. So let me... This is the joy of live action recording. All right, let me go ahead and open this door because I don't want to get locked out and have to carry them back up. Uh, happily enough, I actually sold a piece through Etsy, so I am here to also collect on it. Come on, boys. They do not like the stairwell. They don't like stairs, so it gets to be a little bit harder for me to tell if this is something or if they are simply misbehaving because they don't want to walk down the stairs. I guess if you're a pug... Uh, stairs look a little more daunting. <laughs> Come on, boys. Do I need to carry you? You want to go downstairs? Come on, honey. Come on. Come on. Well, the answer here is pretty much no. They really don't seem to want to go down the stairs. They are not the most athletic of pets. All right, we don't have to go down the stairs. Just stay right here. So they're going to stay here on the landing. I'm going to go down just a little bit to see if my theory from last time was right. And I think I actually owe you guys a bit of a commercial break, if you haven't had one already. So we're going to pause here, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark. Uh, the EM in this stairwell is a little bit higher. It's a 0.4. Now, this is lower 
than what we were getting the night that we did the investigation. And in fact, it's dropping down to a point three. I actually have what you hear scraping behind you is a uh, an energy meter, essentially. It's a non-contact uh, electricity detector that I thought would really be going off right now, but really is not. This is the area where we did meet uh, the elder gentleman who is very cranky and does not really want to work with us. The EMF has dropped to a point two with slight increases. I'm going to try and shift this to the zero to three range and let's see what we've got. So is anybody present with this right now? If the answer is yes, can you make that meter move to the right? It moved to the right. Is this our older gentleman? If the answer is yes, can you make the meter move to the right, please? Move to the right. Okay. What do you think of the pugs? Do you like them? If the answer is yes, it moved to the left. Interesting. That means you do not like the pugs? Move to the right. Okay. The pugs are actually up on the second floor landing, so I'm not going to bring them down here. They did not seem to wish to come down here, which I think is pretty interesting. Are you the gentleman from before? Yes. Okay. Do you have a message that you want to pass on? Well, now you're moving that meter to the right. What is that message? I'm going to let you record for about 10 seconds. So come towards this meter that has the little red light, this recording device, and speak as loudly and as clearly as possible. Hopefully, you got some rather interesting information from our investigation. I have reviewed the recordings at this point, so it's post-investigation, and the pugs are even more tired than they were before. They had a really good time, but I am going to have to start looking for my next generation of paranormal pug, I think. Both Odysseus and Achilles are 13, so they will be in November, so they're getting up there. There was really no definite response with the EVPs. I had hoped that being there early in the morning when some people did report hearing noises, I might have some luck and get some phenomena, but that did not happen. And in fact, the building was as quiet and still as I've heard it. Perhaps if I was there for a while, it might've made a difference, but I was really only there for about 45 minutes to an hour because I had the pug. So the other thing of interest is that both Odysseus and Achilles really refused those steps. Now, they are pugs. They don't like steps, but normally I can at least coax them so far on the steps. I have gotten them to climb up floors. They refused to do that, and I did try from the bottom of the staircase as well as the top, and it was a no. I even, on the recording, when you hear all that grunting, it's because I'm trying to pick them up to carry them, and they didn't even want to be carried down. So, I don't think the ghost is necessarily harmful. I just don't think he was very appreciative of the pugs being there, and they certainly did not like that area. So everywhere else, they seem to be quite pleasant, very relaxed, and they really enjoyed themselves. So I think it's that stairwell, and I'm not sure why. That's what's so interesting. So anyway, wish us luck with the world's largest ghost hunt. Uh, There will be a page on it on the spirit site. In fact, there is one started that is detailing some of the history and information. And uh, if you really are interested in one of our books, let us know. It's Supernatural St. Petersburg and Paranormal Pinellas. There we go. It's coming out hopefully in October. I'm doing a little self-published thing, but I'm really trying to clean this book up. I have an editor looking at it and um, I may have some nice cover art done for this. It has grown since its one chapter inception years ago, and uh, I'm very excited to see where it goes. And with that, 
I will leave you for now. Uh, we do have a few paranormal pet submissions that hopefully we'll touch on in the next month or so so that we can update you all for Halloween season, which is right around the corner. Take care and thank you so much. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.